Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Portergals presents Terrifying Tales. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're... The Poltergals. Spooky. <laughs> Ghost Stories of the Appalachians. Written by Suzanne Smitten. Published in 2021 by Lone Pine Publishing. Angela's Story. Marion, North Carolina. Born and raised in the foothills of Western North Carolina, Angela Moore is a self-taught psychic who knew at an early age that she had a gift for sensing other energies. I think maybe it's the nature of my being, says Angela. I stir things up. Even so, the woman couldn't quite believe her eyes when she arrived home one night with her family to see a doll staring out the living room window as if it was searching the street for her wayward caregivers. Although the experience happened nearly 20 years ago, she remembers it clearly. That house was weird. It was a little itty bitty square house. Not fancy, but it was creepy. And a lot of things happened there. Among the eerie things was a little toy car that flew across the room by itself, and a shirt that disappeared and reappeared. Angela remembers the day the match car moved on its own. I was standing at the stove, and my husband was sweeping out the carport. I heard a little car come from the door and go bouncing across the room. I thought my husband had tossed it in, but when I leaned back to tell him dinner was ready, I saw the door was shut and it also dawned on me that he was sweeping the other side of the carport, she says. But I saw that car go flying. On another occasion, Angela and her husband were preparing to go out for the night. Her husband was getting dressed, and he hung his shirt on the doorknob. But when he went to put it on, the shirt wasn't there. He looked behind the door, on the floor, even under the bed, says Angela. We both looked all over for it. Then we looked up, and it was on the doorknob. She pauses, then says with emphasis, I'm telling you, it was not there. There are two of us, not one of us having a mental breakdown. But the event that sent shivers through Angela 
occurred as they arrived home from the night of the Christmas celebrations. She included it in her book, Through Angela's Eyes, because of the lasting impact it had on her. Angela, her husband, and their two children drove up to the house, still revealing in a happy holiday and planning for the year ahead when they noticed a figure in the window. Angela could plainly see a doll with its plastic face pressed to the window and its little hands cupped up to its head as if peering into the darkness. The window glowed with a yellow light. It was very weird, said Angela. She and her husband joked that it reminded them of an episode of the Twilight Zone. As she got the kids out of the car, Angela thought that it must be an odd coincidence. She assumed her daughter had left the doll propped up on the back of the sofa and that it had either fallen against the window or her daughter had posed it there before they left. Then she remembered there was no sofa under the window. They had moved it back to make room for the Christmas tree and had not yet moved it back. As she processed the disturbing thought, her husband pointed out that they had turned off all the lights when they left. Where was the light coming from? Now feeling more anxious than amused, they went inside the house. More surprises awaited them. The house was dark. There were no lights on. And when they turned on the lights in the living room, the doll was sitting in a chair on the other side of the room. I now think it wasn't a ghost at all, muses Angela. Instead, I feel it was a mischievous, otherworldly entity. They moved soon after because the house was making everyone feel afraid. And as odd as it may seem, Angela is grateful for the weirdness. It was that house and particularly the doll in the window that got her to thinking that perhaps she might have an extraordinary ability to tune in to the paranormal. I didn't realize then that I was a psychic, but I also thought it's not possible that every place I live can be haunted. But even after years of connecting to the spirits of those who once lived in the area, she says it still freaks her out when she actually sees them, especially when they're sitting on her front porch. Some years ago, Angela returned home for an appointment with one of her clients. As she pulled up in her car, she could see her client waiting for her on her front porch. As I looked harder to see who it was, I realized there were two women on the front porch, my client and another woman, who stood up as I arrived, says Angela. She was tall and very thin, had long, dark, almost stringy hair, and wore a sundress. She looked like someone I went to church with, but I didn't know her. I continued to look hard at her because I was trying to remember where I knew her from. Angela got out of her car and walked up the steps to the gate that keeps her dogs inside. She could still see the two women waiting for her. She bent down to unlatch the gate, and when she looked up again, only one woman stood on the front porch. I said to my client, where did she go? The woman said, who? And I said, the woman behind you. She said, there is no one. I'm the only one here. After all these years, you'd think I'd be used to it, Angela tells me. But it still shocks me. A few days later, another woman came to see Angela for a session. Angela answered the door and was surprised to see that her client had a child with her. A little girl about seven years old stood behind her. 
and she was kind of hanging on to the woman's dress, she recalls. She had long, dark, stringy hair and really big eyes. And I distinctly remember she was wearing a tub top. What struck me is that the woman looked upper middle class and the kid looked poor. Without judging, Angela remembers thinking that the two didn't seem to fit. As well, the woman was very poised and sure of herself, while the little girl seemed shy. Angela stepped back so the woman could walk in, and no child followed. She looked out the door, but there was no one there. I asked the woman about it. She gave me a strange look, and she said she had come alone. Then it occurred to me that the little girl looked like a child version of the woman I had seen on the porch a few days ago. The story continues, Angela tells me laughing. It does go somewhere. Later on that night, Angela and her husband had the front door open because of the heat, and while sitting in the living room, they heard a woman's voice call from the dark. Angie, can I come on in? The voice sounded like a friend of Angela's, but something kept Angela from responding. There was no car, it's dark, and we didn't hear anyone come up the steps, so I didn't move. It was weird, but I had a sense that I should not be answering. A husband, meanwhile, ran straight to the door to tell her to come in. He could see out and see there was nobody there. Angela felt her instinct to stay silent had been confirmed. Somebody wanted in, and she needed me to invite her. But you have to be careful what you invite into your home. Not all spirits are created equal. As she pondered the incidents from seeing the woman and the child to hearing the voice call her name, Angela kept getting one strong impression in her mind. I kept thinking of the spirit and getting an image of the huge old tree out on the front of my property. I know that seems strange, but no matter how I tried to think of it, I would see that big old tree. A few days after hearing the disembodied voice, Angela arrived home to see another woman sitting on the porch, waiting for a session with her. The woman couldn't wait for Angela to arrive, and particularly busting at the seams to share something with her. I'm going to tell you something, but you'll think I'm crazy, she said to Angela. While sitting here, looking at that oak tree, I kept thinking I saw a woman in the tree. She was skinny, with long, dark hair. Angela now feels sure that someone's spirit is caught in the oak tree, but she isn't sure what to do about it. I've never experienced anything like this, she says. Regardless, I still feel there is something attached to that oak tree. Maybe a spirit from long ago was buried there, and the tree took root around it. I don't know, but sitting on the porch in the shade has definitely taken on a new feeling. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or on YouTube at The Porter Gals or on Instagram at The underscore Porter Gals. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast or at RogueMediaNetwork.com. You've been listening to The Porter Gals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.